joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blissful Living Hour. I'm Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, your host, and today we're going to dive into something that's a little bit different. I have a fabulous guest by the name of Deanna. I know I'm going to blow this last name. That's okay. (laughs) Deanna Raja, and she is the owner of Banty Designs. And what that is is an integrative lifestyle design company which fuses Eastern and Western design lifestyle philosophies. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. Have you ever thought about the way your home or office or your bedroom is designed and if that flows with what you're trying to do or accomplish in life, if it fits with what you're, you know, what you what you see for yourself, or do you just go through life and just think that you've placed the furniture and all the pieces in the right spot and or in the spots that you like and they're fine and you don't really care because it looks pretty to you? Well, Deanna is going to talk to us about how important design philosophy is and how it can play a really um, have a profound effect on what we do in our life and in how things manifest. And so, without Running my mouth too much. I want to welcome Deanna to the show. Welcome, Deanna. How are you? Well, I'm wonderful. Thanks, Rochelle. And you were very close on the last name. It's okay. You wouldn't think five letters were so hard to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it looks it looks like you know how it could be. Look, things look simple, but yeah. um, you know, and you're right. It's only five letters, but. Wow, sometimes those five letters can be the most important five letters that I need to pronounce today. <laughs> well, it's it's really funny because, you know, the J is silent. Mm. And when people, it's rod-eye. And when people, you know, if I've only chatted with them over the phone or they've, you know, heard me on the radio, and then when they see me in person and they're like, you're not Indian. We thought you were Indian. And I'm like, no, kind of, you know, you're all American girl here, you know, <laughs> not Indian. <laughs> well, you know, when I when I was I was looking at, um, you know, all your stuff, and I was like, I, you know, I wonder if she's Indian, you know, because I'm an Ayurvedic health practitioner, so it just kind of seemed to fit with what I do, you know, with yeah. the Ayurvedic, you know, in um, um, medical modality that originated in India. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So it's Raja, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm totally wrong. Just, Maybe in wrong. a previous life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I can tell this is just going to be a hilarious show. We're going to have so much fun. And, you know, I, I forgot to tell the listeners out there that, you know, um, the fact of the matter is, this is really something important, listeners, that you may want to know. Um, but Deanna, you know, we've heard of the horse whisper and the dog whisper and all these whispers, but Deanna has been dubbed the house whisper. <laughs> so I, you know, because of that, I'm like, ooh, that's cool. And plus, you do all the design stuff and making things flow with how, you know, and design and all that kind of stuff that we're going to dive into. I thought, what a great way to open up the show with finding out how she became the house whisperer. So tell us about that. When I look back on the journey, um, in fact, I was doing a, another radio interview yesterday, which was really interesting, and we were talking about the psychology of design and its the mental um, health impact that your space has. And it was just very interesting because I got asked this question as well. And you look back on the journey and really amazing. I actually started out, I was going to go to law school (laughs) back in the day. And my first degree, it's in marketing 
with a psychology and political science minor and never thought about design, never thought about, you know, clutter and color and environmentalism and all of this kind of stuff. Um, it was just, those were my hobbies and something I was interested in, you know, but I was going to go make a difference being an attorney. Right. and actually ended up not going to law school and got into the corporate world and became a director of operations eventually um, of a chain of nature and science stores. And again, you look at it, okay, this is I'm interested in this. This is how I was raised. Okay, now I'm doing this. And I actually back-ended into design that way because I was in charge of all new store builds and merchandising and then started doing some product development. And when I had turned 30, I had gone through some personal stuff. I lost my dad and my dog and <laughs> one of my friends. And, you know, everybody, you know, has kind of gone through a period like that and just right. kind of invoked some soul searching. And was I where I wanted to be and was I happy with my life? And the answer was no. And I quit my job. And I went back to school, <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I'm going to be an interior designer. <laughs> wow! And yeah, it, it. I mean, it was it was major. Uh, so I went back to school, was a student uh, again, and got my degree in interior design. And while I was in school, and I still needed some money coming in, you still got the mortgage to pay and stuff. So I started teaching part time. Uh, teaching adult education classes, and I actually had started teaching feng shui. It was something I was very interested in. I was working on my certification, and no one was doing it uh, in Milwaukee where I lived at the time. And I thought, oh, it's going to be a great way to build up clients for this new business. But I had had it in my head that I was going to do retail design because that's what mm -hmm. I had done. And over the years, it's been, I, I don't do retail design. I've incorporated feng shui um, and also the environmental, the eco-friendly um, design into what I do as well as universal design. So that's kind of where we get the integrative lifestyle design where I fuse together these Eastern and Western design principles and as I started working with more and more clients, um, when you're walking into a home, and a lot of it has to do with the feng shui, um, with the bagua board. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with feng shui, there's nine life areas, and each area of your home corresponds with a different life area. And so it was a little game that I would play just to help uh, reiterate in my head, you know, my feng shui teachings of, okay, this is the, re the relationship area. Ooh, they've only got one nightstand in the bedroom. Ooh, that's not good. I wonder if they're having marital or relationship issues, you know. Right. So then I would start asking questions. they like, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, the nightstand, <laughs> you know. Right, right. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, and so it was, it it just kind of then became second nature where I, I can walk into your space and I can tell you where you're stuck, where you might want to tweak, um, things where you can improve and yeah, it's it's been a it's been kind of I don't want to say it, it's a skill um that it has been developed just with more and more of my education and working with my clients and learning and implementing um, what I've learned and what I practice and implement in all my designs. But it is really interesting. And, you that know, is. So, still, so let's, um, yeah. let's um, because, you know, you mentioned feng shui, and I didn't even, I didn't even open up but I, the show with that, but I think that's a good, good area for us to dwell into because, you know, people hear more and more about feng shui, and mm -hmm. people may think they know what it is or what it entails. Mm -hmm. But um, me, myself, I mean, I know it's about design and, you know, having things set up energetically correct in the house mm -hmm. or space, I should say space, because it could be anything. Yep. Can, you just, can you just educate the listeners about feng shui specifically, let me just start with a question, and we're just gonna we're just gonna do a little feng shui education session right right now. But 
with regards to feng shui, where does it come from? Okay. Feng shui is actually a, a Chinese science that started over 5,000 years ago, actually. And it started picking out auspicious grave sites. It was thought the better the grave site, the more auspicious your fortunes would be for all of your descendants. <laughs> so <laughs> every now and then on the History Channel, uh, you can catch a documentary that they do of these ancient Chinese burial sites and right. feng shui. It's, act- it's fascinating, even just from the historical aspect of this. Um, but there's, that started what's the oldest school in feng shui, which is called the form school. And that's using geographic um, locations for picking out where your house should be placed, using where you want to have a river or a stream or landscaping, that type of thing. There's Uh actually three schools of feng shui. So the oldest one is the form school. Uh, The one probably people think of the most when they think of feng shui would be the compass school of feng shui. And that's where you use a compass called a lopan, L-O hyphen P-A-N, if anyone wants to look this up. And that's where you do all of these calculations based on your birth date, birth date of every occupant in the house, and then the, quote, birth date of your home or building, which could be your construction date or your move-in date. And then you compile all of these numbers that you get, and then you get your auspicious and inauspicious directions. And then that's how then you space plan your furniture and where you're putting the bed. And hopefully you and your significant other are compatible so you're not sleeping in different rooms with your bed space in different ways. And it's... It's very, very complicated, and I think that's why so many people, when they hear about this, kind of maybe get turned off with feng shui. Um, The one that I'm practiced in, that I've studied, and that I implement and teach is called the Bagua, or Black Hat Sect School of Feng Shui, and that's the more westernized version of feng shui. And we use what's called a bagua, or an eight-sided figure, think an octagon, that's divided into nine pieces, the ninth piece being the center. Uh, If it's easier, instead of an octagon, think of a tic-tac-toe board, okay? Uh And then each area is a life area. So it could be relationships, it could be abundance, success career, health, and then each life area corresponds with a color, a shape, and an element. And then it's based on these life areas and where your, your, um, how they plot out in your home or office or garden, whatever, then that's how we, if someone's having relationship areas or issues and their bathroom is located there, uh, we got uh-huh. a lot of tweaking to do. <laughs> Whereas if your master bedroom is located there, okay, you know, then we're all set, and then we're, you know, just going to add some color and create a beautiful, luxurious space then for a relationship. So that, in a nutshell, is the 5,000-year history of feng shui. <laughs> Let me ask you. That actually, is pretty cool. So, I mean, because I, um, once upon a time, um, did did a little bit of real estate, and mm-hmm. I would have, um, you know, Asian clients that yeah. really, not all of them, though, which was really a trip, not mm-hmm. all of them were into it, but some of them were really into it, like the numbers of the house had to be, yeah. have what, threes or eight, I can't I can't remember, and I don't want to misquote and sound like an idiot, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be this intelligent person, right? <laughs> but, you know, and, and then, you know, some of them, like, the house had to be facing north. Yep. I just remembered that. The house mm-hmm. had to be facing north. And then mm-hmm. the master bedroom had to be had to be situated where the bed, the head of the bed could face north. Um and you know, it really became quite interesting but also quite challenging yep. um to find houses for these people that were really into it. And it was really what other what else was interesting was the fact that 
one person or one family or couple might have um, one aspect about feng shui way that they were really in, and then another you know Asian family or couple or person would come and be totally different. So I could never get a grasp, only that I just knew north was good. Something north facing north was good. So you know I just kind of rolled with the flow, and you know I always was able to find houses for them, but it just was sometimes really interesting or really. Um, hmm, a nicer word, I guess I could say, would be really challenging because they would see these houses, you know, that fit their price range or whatever, and then we would go to the house and we'd see the house, and from the outside everything looked great, and then we'd go in and everything was completely feng shui wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it became mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of, you know, um, <laughs> like I said, a challenge uh, to work with because what was always present on the outside didn't wasn't representative in the inside for them as far as the energy. Now tell me, does feng shui have a is it does it have a lot to do with the energetic realm of how things flow? Um or am I totally off base with that? No. It has to do with energy flow, which, you know, hiring someone like myself you know, we can come in, and I always say you can fix pretty much anything unless it's buried or, you know, unless your home is on an Indian burial ground. And I say that kind of half-kiddingly, but it's, <laughs> you know, because you can, yeah, you can always knock out a wall. You can always repurpose rooms. You can always reconfigure things. So, you know, again, depending on your budget or building, you know, and starting new, I've I've done that a lot. In fact, that's I do that. Most of the time, people send me their blueprints, and then I analyze the blueprints. And I have had people, okay, we're going to take down this wall. Okay, we're going to repurpose. You're not going to have your office here. You're going to use it as this. And some of the the changes are actually very simple. You know, sometimes it's just adding color. Sometimes it's just re-space planning. And sometimes it is, okay, if you really want to, you know, go with this, we're doing some demo, <laughs> you know. Wow. Yeah. So, now, so I mean, this is so cool. I'm, I'm probably going to get a whole about this. It's so cool. <laughs> Excuse me. So now with regards to, because you mentioned adding color. So say if something was, you know, was a little off, so to speak, in the feng shui state of things, and adding color to it. What type of what type of colors would you? Okay, I guess I I'm trying to think it in my head and say it out loud. It's not translating. It's not transmuting. I don't. I'm having a, a, a you know technical breakdown in my own head. But how do I, how do you use color? Yeah, to enhance like say if you walk in a room or you know the design is not necessarily right, and I know you can say well you you know place you know maybe place your desk here and things of that nature. Wait, I'm gonna back up. Okay, say we have people listening that are, you know, in a corporate environment or mm-hmm. they are entrepreneurs or they have a home office. Mm-hmm. And how how does what are some of the better aspects with regards to aligning feng shui correctly that will allow them to have the energy that they need, you know, the, to have good energy um in their I'm going to say workspace. The very first thing that, and okay, I, okay, I know what you're getting at. Uh, the very first thing that I would do with someone who I'm working on their office, first and foremost, I have them go through how they their systems, how they process things. So, how do you open mail? How do you handle your client files? Where do oh. you meet clients? So we sit down and go through their processes because then that helps me when I'm creating a design for them to uh-huh. implement systems and storage that works for how they work. Because not everybody works at a desk. To be honest, I don't work at a desk. I don't have a desk in my office. And people are just, what? But I don't work at a desk. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's what... what the, that's what works for me. So I make your space work for you so you can be efficient and you can be productive. Then when we're just talking about color, I always try and implement the logo colors of your company. 
okay, into the design. It helps you create a professional image, whether you meet clients in your office or not. Again, Uh we're creating a space with intention, and your intention is, I am a successful business owner. So how would a successful business owner have their office designed? So we incorporate those colors into the design. Next, we look at the space planning. And then this is where we are going to position the desk. The desk is the most important piece of furniture or where you work, okay? And right now I'm sitting in my favorite chair with my ottoman and a side table and I, you know, and I use a laptop. So right. I can pretty much work from anywhere. You take that piece of furniture and that gets placed first. And it's always in what's called the power position. Now, this is the most psychologically secure position in the room, and this is where you place all major furniture pieces. So in the bedroom, this would be where the bed goes. The kitchen, this is where the stove goes. So the power position is the area of the room that when you are standing at the door looking in to the space, it's the diagonal corner So that's where you would place your desk, chair, wherever you work, facing in to the room. You never have a desk or your workspace set up where you're facing a wall. Subconsciously, you're hitting a wall, if if that makes sense. That's why cubicles are so incredibly evil. (laughs) You know, when you're talking your open workspaces, Number one, you're facing a wall. Number two, your back is always exposed. So you can never subconsciously really get into your project because you're vulnerable and unprotected from behind. So you're always on edge. Is someone approaching? Is someone approaching? Is someone approaching? Wow. You see that? Mm -hmm. I have an office in my house. And I, I've, I've messed around with this for a long time um, because I really do have, I really do hate having my back to the door. Yep. So I'm looking at, you're just saying this, and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at the office I have <laughs> in my home. If you come to the door, you look diagonal. You know, if I'm standing at the door, diagonal. Okay, that one is set up right. And then I'm, I'm thinking of a couple other offices I have. Okay, they're set up right with the, with the desk being and I guess it could be either either diagonally, you know, either diagonally to the right or to the left. Am I correct? If the, if the door is in the center, but most interior doors are hung on a corner. So mm-hmm. your door, you know, is either on the, you know, towards the right. So then the that position would be the far left corner where you right. want to okay. have a desk. Yeah, so it all depends on, because most, again, most interior doors are hung on a corner when you're walking in, unless it's a large, like, double door opening or French door opening, you know, going into, you know, a large great room, dining room, something like that. Right. Okay, so those two offices I'm thinking about, those are cool. But the one I'm most concerned about, because sometimes I just, I know the energy. And I'm sorry, I'm thinking this all about me, but I think <laughs> other people because for one for one okay let me tell you about the, my office so at home so I walk into this office you know, I, I think I really need to get another desk but the way the desk is situated and I, I've played around with this and played around with it um it faces the window okay there's a window so if you're standing at the door and you look straight ahead there's a window and the desk faces the window but um the back my back is to the door which I hate I absolutely hate, and I and I think really the desk. So I thought, well, if I turn the desk around so that I'm diagonal, you know, if I'm I'm standing at the door and I'm diagonal to the right, and I turn mm-hmm. the desk around, my back's to the to the wall, which is okay, and and in front of me is facing the door. But then I have all that computer that computer stuff, you know, the cords and all that hanging. And and it, when I walk into my desk, I, I mean, my office, I don't want to see that. So no, just place, your, just place your desk perpendicular to the wall, forming a 90-degree angle, and then that uh-huh. way your cords are 
to the side, you've got the window then to the side where you can glance out the window at the side, but you're not facing it or your back is to it, and you can still see the door. So it's just working with that that quadrant there. So, yeah, just place the desk perpendicular. I like that. Thank you so much for the mm-hmm. No problem. Easy. See, I can I solve all the problems in the world. <laughs> no, it's funny, Deanna. When I, I know when I go in there, it's it's I, the energy. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm on a roll and I think, but some, a, a lot of times I have to force myself to go into this office to work. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just this, you know, it's like kind of, I want to say stressing because it's like I'm forcing myself to grind out and the energy is not right. And I think it's because the way I've been playing, the desk has been situated that, you know, the energy is not right. And I have beautiful mm-hmm. colors on the wall that go with the logo of my company in my home office. But it still is just, I go in there and it's just like, you know, heavy, real heavy mm-hmm. energy. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it can be stressful because you don't want to go in there. You know what I mean? It's like you don't want to go in there because when you go in there, your energy is not as, you know, vibrant as like when I'm at my office, my center, and I'm working my tail off, and I'm vibrant and happy and energetic and, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I know this is helping other people out there because if you're working in a corporate environment, you know, you can do some little changes to have your desk, you know, placed, as Deanna says, and it really is going to help your energy and really help your stress, which is which is you know fabulous. Okay, I'm like getting all, I'm all into it now, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I I want to add too, and this honestly goes back to the the form school of feng shui. Remember, go back you know five thousand years. It was all about nature and you know the movements of the planets and the changing of the seasons and stuff there is something to be said for the changing of the seasons and because remember it takes you know a lot it takes 28 plus 1000 years for the earth to make a complete rotation around the sun on its axis so we're never in the same position you know in relation to the sun that we are on a daily basis, it changes. So how much light are you getting? What is the temperature? And there are just some times that you don't want to be in certain rooms. It could depend on the season. It can depend on the weather. There are times I sleep in my guest bedroom because I'm just more comfortable sleeping on the other side of the house sometimes, as silly as that sounds, but it's just like, I just don't even feel like being in here. I don't know why. I'm going to go sleep in the other room. <laughs> you know? Okay, so I'm not crazy because I do that too. Oh, no, you know? no not at all. Oh, not wow. at all. And then uh, to go on another point, there's a great little, and I love this feng shui here, um, what you want to do if you are just feeling totally, totally stuck um, uh-huh. Because the, the the next thing that that I have people do then is to declutter or clutter bust, and this has actually become an entire division um, on its own of my company. Which, again, never thought I would ever be dealing with this. But you people just keep stuff. Lots of well, what if? What if? Well, you know what? Have you used it in the last year? Guess what? You're not going to. Now, right. that being said, you do need copies of financial statements and your taxes and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously things like that. Scan the stuff. Make use of the technology. Make an electronic file of it. Put it on a flash drive and then be done with it and, and get rid of the paper. If it doesn't serve your current needs or where your company is going, and growing to, you know, we'll just talk business, you know, then it it has to go. And that includes products or services that aren't moving anymore. Could include clients. You know, we we all have people in our lives, whether it's professionally or personally, that are just emotional vampires. And it's like, really? (laughs) And you can really, and you feel your energy drain when you just see their number come up on the caller ID. And everyone, you may not want to admit it, but I know you're nodding your head. (laughs) I'm totally nodding my head. Totally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's okay to admit it. It happens to all of us. But then you have to look at, okay, is this really 
you know, beneficial to my business, how I'm spending my time, okay, no, then it's then it's got to go. And it is hard. Last year I went through a major reshifting of of my life and of my company. You know, I packed up and moved across the country because I needed a change and I totally revamped my company, what, you know, what my focus was. We're really focusing on health right now and really uh-huh. focusing on the different rooms, you know, that I will work on and redesigned a new logo for the company. And, you know, there there's nothing wrong with changing things up. So I always tell people when you're kind of getting in a funk, when you're feeling very stagnant, do a clutter bus in the space, and when I talk clutter busting, you ask three questions of every item. Do you love it? Do you use it? Do you need it? And you've got to answer a resounding yes, (laughs) you know, to at least two of the three. Um, Right. And if you can't, then the item has to go. Yeah. Sorry? Okay, say that again because I want the listeners to pay attention. You guys, you may even want to take notes about this. I should have said that earlier. (laughs) Okay, Sienna, repeat that again because I know um, we could all use this tip, and these questions will help solidify uh, us eliminating that clutter because I'm, I'm, I'm again, thinking about myself, and Mm -hmm. I definitely need a clutter bus. So say those those (laughs) questions again. It's do you love it? Do you have a positive meaning? Do you have a positive attachment to it? And not and I use this example in one of my books and in my workshops. Yes, I love this sweater, but it was from my ex husband and then it brings up all of these examples of why he's your ex husband and then it's like, Oh get another sweater. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. So you have to you have to have a positive attachment to it. It has to make you happy that you have it. Um, and if it doesn't, why do you have it? Okay. Right. Do you use it? Okay. Are you using? Do you need to? Or do you use a pen? Yes. Do you need eight boxes of pens? No. Get rid of them. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Donate them. Um, and then, do you need it? Okay, so you should be surrounded with things that you love, use, and need. And the the hardest one really is do you love it? Because if you loved um, some of your collections or all of these things that are gathering dust in your attic or in your basement, if you truly loved it, you would be using it or they would be displayed in your home so that you could enjoy it. Fabulous. Uh, that's some that's really some really good information because mm-hmm. I think uh, people take it to heart and start doing a little bit of clutter busting and incorporating just a little bit of what they're learning here today about mm-hmm. shui um in their, you know, in their space and you know where they, you know, where they live, work, reside, whatever, um spend the most of their time you know, start seeing some positive stuff. Maybe that getting rid of that clutter is going to um, unblock some of the blockages that we may not even know is occurring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you just you you physically and mentally feel better. You and then you do realize I really have been being held back in this area. Oh, one really good example and something everybody who's listening to the show can relate to this one. When you look in your closet, okay, and you say that you want to date or go out more, okay, Uh but you open up your closet and if Mr. Fabulous, Miss Perfect asks you out on a date for tonight, and you open up your closet, most of the people who say that they want to work on this have no date clothes in their closet. It's all work clothes. It's all, eh, I'm going to go out with some of my friends and grab a cocktail or maybe go out to brunch, but you don't have a, quote, date outfit. 
So what I love is whenever I work with a client, and it doesn't matter what, what room we're working on, um, or if it's a color, clutter, design, feng shui consultation, I always sit down and we have about a half an hour interview because I really want to get down to, okay, what isn't working in the space? What's prompted you to call? You know, and then one that helps me because I you know, can listen for some cues um, of what maybe is going on. And then when I, I do mostly web consulting, I don't do a lot of in-home consultations anymore because I, I huh? can't be anywhere. Um, but so then it gives me an idea once I'm looking at your floor plan and we're doing the web consultation and I can see really what's going on in the space. Um, it, it really is amazing of things that where piles of magazines are being stored or going into a married couple's bedroom. And you know this has happened numerous times where people call me and hey, you know we're thinking of redoing this. You know, come on over. Let's you know do. We're we're moving into a new home. We need a space plan, and. Mm-hmm walk in and they're a married couple and you see the piles of the kids' toys in the master bedroom or pictures of the kids or the in-laws. Oh, my God. There was one, a buddy of mine called me. She was moving in with her boyfriend. And Uh we used (laughs) I walked in and he had above his bed a painting of his mother. Now, having a painting of your mother is okay. And the mother used to model when she was younger. Okay, you know, that's fine. But A, it was in the bedroom, and B, it was a nude of his mother that was hanging oh. in his bedroom. So oh. that's un- that's opening up just a whole lot of other issues where I'm like, really, are you, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure we really want to be doing this? Right. <laughs> Very interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It it can be a lot of fun. And sometimes, you know, you, you literally are a counselor, and it's like, wow. Right, I bet. I, I mean, I bet it's, it's, you know, here you come in and do design and, and, you know, do an integrative lifestyle design for them, and, you know, you've got to deal with the other issues of removing the picture, the new beautiful picture of the mother yep. or mother-in-law or whatever. Mm-hmm. 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 That just seems kind of interesting to me. That's a whole other show, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, some of the things, and like I said, sometimes I kind of do this as a as a game in my in my head, When and I should, I mean, my friends, they're like, oh, we don't even want you to come over. And I'm like, well, I'm not on the clock, so don't worry, unless it's, like, really right. bad, but then I'll tell you. <laughs> right. I mean, but, wow, it's just um, very interesting well, how. It just goes to show how important your stuff is. And, you know, a lot of the time it is subconscious. You know, why are you self-sabotaging your stuff? And, you know, when I teach or, you know, from any of my books and things, it's all about living with intention and being more active in your life again and being a participant and not just being on autopilot Okay, so you want to create a business. Okay, then we're going to make you have an office where it's not just going to be a guest bedroom with some files shoved in a corner. Okay? And so it's really designing with intent and with purpose. And, oh, by the way, it's going to be healthy and it's going to be supportive and and it's going to do this as well. Right. Very interesting. See how much fun it is? Oh, <laughs> like, ooh, we've got a whole four or five shows just, just out of this fun topic. It's yeah. great. Okay, so now I want to move into, because, you know, the whole the whole feng shui thing I think is a beautiful, and um, and you've given us some wonderful information, and you know, about color and, um, you know, design and just just the tidbits that you gave us, I know it's going to help not only me but the other people that are listening. But since I mentioned color, um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about, I want you to tell us what are what, do you, what are some of the, you know, I know you use color therapy in your work. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, 
that's just what you do. It just goes hand in hand. Yep. But um, with regards to color therapy or colors, mm-hmm. what are some um, what are some of the best colors to utilize? Uh, for I say, I want to say again, for working in your office, so to speak. Now, I know that you said earlier you utilize, you try to incorporate some of the colors of the, you know, the logo or the company design. But what mm-hmm. if you're, you know, you can't do that in a person, you know, for instance, you're working with a client that has, you know, of course, those god-awful cubicles. Mm-hmm. Um also, you know, have numerous offices, you know, because I remember working in an insurance company where I sat in a cubicle as an insurance underwriter, and then the managers had the offices which were around the perimeter of the space, so to speak. So all the cubicles were in the inner part, and then all the offices were around the perimeter. They got the windows and all that. Okay. How would you, how would um, someone be, what colors would be beneficial for someone to utilize in their office if they can't say, per se, paint the walls because of, you know, restrictions with regards to the company or, you know, those kind of things. You can, the easiest way to bring color into your space is with flowers, with flower bouquet. Um, And that's the easiest for an office. You know, for a home you can get some accent pillows. Uh, so you can live with a color for a while or change out with the seasons. Um, so for an office space, think flowers, think picture frames, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Even if it's just your coffee mug, what you can also do is just take colored pieces of paper and put them under a chair, under a plant, under your phone, under your keyboard, Okay, uh, and as long as you have that color represented in the space, whether it's seen or unseen. So when we're just talking feng shui, you can feng shui a monochromatic room with color. It's just not being seen or you're using the different shapes, which is a whole other issue. But um, for the office space, in general, the colors that you want to use are the color blue, which corresponds with nature or with the um, knowledge area, uh-huh. and black, which corresponds with the career area. So it's very easy to implement blue and black into a color scheme. You also want to have little pops of yellow. Yellow is the hardest color for your eye to break down, so it causes mental agitation, okay? So whenever, you know, if you have that 3 o'clock lull, you know, and you can use the color yellow to help stimulate, okay, to stimulate your brain. Conversely, if you do a lot of heavy, intensive computer work, uh, reading, accountants, you know, with numbers, actuaries, things like that, anything that causes eye strain, you want to have the color blue represented, either as an area rug, a picture, something like that, because blue will relax the eye. Okay. Okay, and kind of gives it a, quote, place to rest, so it helps alleviate eye strain. So those are two colors that just, you know, pops um, that if you can implement it or bring a pillow, you know, a a mat or some kind of chair. um, I'm totally blanking out where you put your chair, you know, so that you can roll around easier. Um, Mm -hmm. A mat underneath your desk, things like that. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. I, I just want to repeat. So you guys out there listening, you know how I... Um, talk about well, I, I talk about um, you know reducing the stress and things of that nature, but I know so many people that get to that three o'clock moment, so to speak, and three o'clock moment could be any time of the day, and they're mm-hmm. low on energy and they're reaching for that five hour energy or that rock star or that seventh cup of coffee, and I'm being really exaggerated, but I do know people that drink coffee like that all day long. Well, there are days, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, mean, and they, I mean, hey, 
it's it's killing you on the inside, but you know you think you're being stimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the suggestion here I would take at this moment and say just use some of Deanna's beautiful tips here, not only with the feng shui design of your workspace or your home environment, but with color. If so, instead of reaching for that cup of coffee at your three o'clock moment, how about pull out a beautiful color of yellow, a yellow piece of paper, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a yellow flower. Mm-hmm you know, even the yellow sun or whatever, but a beautiful piece of, of the color yellow to allow your brain to become mentally agitated, which, of course, is going to stimulate the brain and bring up your energy. And You can also, you can also use energy. aromatherapy. Uh, yeah. The peppermint is good. Also, yes. any of your citruses, like an orange, um, uh-huh. an orange scent or lemon scent are great for helping, you know, such a refreshing and, you know, waking you up, so to speak. So definitely. Totally. So you guys out there listening, you know, yellow can be a good brain stimulator, but it also can be a fabulous substitute for that seventh cup of coffee or that five-hour energy drink. Just just try these suggestions and see and make notation of how they're working for you or what you experience when you try looking at the color yellow when you've got that three-hour um, energy crash, so to speak. And then the other good thing, color she mentioned, was blue. You need a moment if you've been running, going, and you're totally up and amped up, and you want to relax a little bit, then the color blue is fabulous. And, I, and you know, working as an Ayurvedic health practitioner, I utilize the chromatic therapy as well as the aromatherapy when I'm working with my clients. And so I'm glad you also use this with regards to the designs that you do for people because a lot of people don't realize how much color has an effect on us. And blue is really, really relaxing, really, really relaxing and healing color as well. So there's difference um, because people ask me when we're talking color, color theory versus color therapy. And color therapy actually goes back to the healing rooms of ancient Greece. So uh-huh. there's a lot of history and a lot of documentation <laughs> on right. color being used to heal and why you use certain colors for different applications. Like why are all doctors and operating scrubs the color green well the color green is the opposite of the color red which is the color of blood and when you're doing an operation or a surgery having the color green there gives the surgeon and nurse's eyes a chance to rest right and helps provide a contrast why does OSHA use the color orange to label their hazard, you know, signs and construction equipment because mm-hmm. orange is the opposite of blue. Blue is the color of the sky. It provides a contrast. So again, it's used, it's a little bit of color theory using contrasting and complementary colors, but it's also implementing color therapy <laughs> in using right. it for healing. I have a, a buddy who designs healthcare um, and hospitals, and we have just wonderful conversations about color and color applications in healthcare and for healing. And it's amazing what is what they're doing now with these new hospitals that are being built now in these new healing centers. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I agree. I think. Um... You know, with regards to the hospital, um, you know, color does does play an important role in, in some of it. Mm-hmm. And because, um, you know, things are be people become more aware of integrative practices other than just mm-hmm. great allopathic medicine. Um, yep. The, the integrative physicians really are, are up on this and they understand that it's more than, uh, it's way more than what we've thought for the last, you know, I want to say 50, 75 years with regards to medicine. Um, there's exactly. way more that goes into healing than just giving someone a pill and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yep. I'm so sorry that we're getting to the close of our show. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, time just flew by like that. And it's, you just have such good information with regards to the feng shui and the designing, you know, tips for, you know, our, our offices and colors and 
things of that nature. Now, I want you to tell everyone out there if they want to reach out and touch you or, you know, find out more about you, how they can do that. The best place is com, and that's D-E-A-N-N-A-R-A-D-A, and the infamous J (laughs) Uh, at the end. There is links to the YouTube channel with design minis, uh, interviews, links to my radio show, Deanna on Design, my blog, other articles, uh, along with links to my uh, author page on Amazon, where if you're interested in more information, you can purchase one of my books. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter, forward slash Deanna Radai, and we're all over the place. So it's great. <laughs> Thank you, Deanna. You guys, you know, this all of her links um, will be on the website. So rest assured that if you, you know, are driving or somewhere where you can't really write down this information, um, you'll also be able to, you know, access it again because her links will be on the website. And she has many ways that you can reach out and touch her and connect with her. And maybe she can help you design a space that is so fabulously feng shui, practical and perfect that you just you just elevate to the stars and you're able to accomplish all that you want and have 2013 be your best year ever, whether it's in regards to health, wellness, productivity, uh, business success, or whatever. Deanna is here to help you. And so with that being said, um, I'd like to thank our very special guest, Deanna Raja, um, for being here today and enlightening us with this fabulous information that I know we've all been curious about because we've been hearing about it. So thank you so much, Deanna. And then also I want to mention to you guys that stay tuned because I do have uh, a product that I really, really want you guys to know more about, and I utilize it. It's absolutely fabulous. So um, I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. But right now I just want to thank Deanna again for being such a fabulous guest on the show. I really, really enjoyed learning about all that you were able to speak to us about. And I want to thank you listeners out there for listening to the show as well um, because without you, you know, my message has no purpose. It doesn't get to where it needs to go. And if I can touch just one person's life with a message that I bring about blissful living and that my guests share about wonderful aspects of how you can incorporate blissful living into your life, then I think we're doing a good job, and that's what we're here to do. So I'm going to say I'm Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, and as always, I want to wish you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit, and have a Fabulous, fabulous rest of the day, but hang on for that information about the fabulous product that I'm going to share with you. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.